Hello everyone, it's Thomas, and I'm here with another right before and right after. And the song I got going right now is actually one uh, I wrote and then a friend of mine fleshed out. That's for my book trailer that I did for my first book, Sons of Heaven, The Haunted. Um, I'll just kind of loop it a couple times here, so sorry you're going to hear the same thing a couple times. But I thought I'd do this. I had a funny incident, so I made this book trailer. And it, it kind of, this is the story I've talked a little about. It's not really zombies, but it's kind of like this virus pops up that no one had ever seen before. A novel virus, if you will. And uh, they make a vaccine for it, but it ends up turning, people start turning into monsters, basically. Uh, like super zombies kind of thing, and it ends up being the the cure that that did it. This treatment that a company comes up with that ends up being part of a big conspiracy to use this thing to take over the world. You know, you know, basic standard stuff. Um, and there are some obvious kind of little funny when not that the, what's going on in our world is funny, but when this whole thing happened with COVID and everything, I was like, oh man, that's there's some parallels that are kind of weird. But then uh, my friend Matt, who uh, had the animation studio, Utmost, Utmost Studios, that helped me with this, and we did a lot of work together back in the day, uh, he was talking to me and he said someone watched this video and commented on it and I was like wow this is eerie and he kind of we had to watch this this was in 2012 that we made this thing and he, wow, he so watched it and then he told me you have to watch this thing because we we just kind of vaguely hinted at stuff from the book and so I, I you know I turned on the trailer and it's you know it's this apocalyptic you know like shed or something somewhere with a, a nasty computer-generated horrible-looking wood table with a bunch of newspapers on it. And, you know, it's, oh, there's an apocalypse coming, it's the beginning of the end, and it goes to the newspaper headlines, which are, Mystery Virus has authorities, authorities baffled. CDC struggles to find, you know, answers. Quarantine expanded. Southern California outbreak going crazy. Uh, communications with it. Anyway, there's different things. It goes from there. But it's just so funny because the first purple could have been cut right from our headlines from all the stuff that's been going on recently. And I was like, oh wow, that's kind of creepy. And it it made me laugh a little bit just because that is like a, uh, a risk when you write sci-fi, I suppose. Every writer will have that moment where they accidentally prophesied something. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of humorous. I was like, oh no. Like, if, uh, good thing no one really bought that book or the government would be showing up at my house, I'd be abducted, you know, on the down low. But, <laughs> luckily, it didn't sell very many copies, so I think I'm okay. I don't think they're gonna think I'm part of a conspiracy or anything. So anyway, I had to dump the first podcast I did. I sat here and talked for 30 minutes and then had to dump it all because of it technical snafu on my end, so I feel kind of dumb. So I'll rehash, I guess, a little bit. Hopefully do it more concisely this time. That might actually be a good reason. Anyway, uh, that I, I kind of thought that was funny, a funny thing to open with and, and kind of 
uh, show you that. Uh, thought you might enjoy the music. That's a little ditty I uh, I used to play all the time. Just I don't know how to play the piano or anything. My nieces and nephews are super good. Uh, my nephew Kai is crazy good on the piano, and Caden uh, and Stella, my two nieces, even even Nick, my oldest nephew, you know, he knows a little bit on the piano, and a lot more than me. But I had this little ditty I used to play, just kind of that doo 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 doo, <laughs> and little earworm thing I used to do all the time, and uh, and Nick would play it too, and and we just kind of so when we did the book trailer where you needed music for it, I was like, oh, screw it, let's use this. And so my friend Jonathan, Matt's brother, uh, hopped out. He's one of those guys, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know how to play this instrument, but let me just write something awesome on it. Like, he's kind of this weird idiot savant with stuff like that. And uh, he just hopped on the keyboard and composed that whole thing off the little beep, 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 ditty that I had. Uh, so that was kind of fun. That was a fun night. We, we did that in the night. And then, of course, the, the actual trailer took a lot longer. That was a lot of uh, painful animating stuff for Matt that uh, looks kind of crappy now. But at the time, we were like, we can't believe we did this. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you get on YouTube, look up Sons of Heaven the Haunted. Cool little book trailer. Anyway, uh, I thought I would say, uh, hello, I am alive because I realized after my last episode there's been a, a bit of a delay and it was funny because I shared my short story blank page where a writer having writer's block and trying to get over it starts writing a, a really cool death scene gets over his writer's block and you know, has a call from his agent and everything and it, he, it turns out he is actually in his own head. He's having a heart attack, and he was the scene he was writing was his actual death scene, and he was writing it in his head, not on the paper. And, uh, you know, it kind of ends the story. You're not sure if he actually died or not, uh, but he just kind of, oh, crap, that sucks. That was a good scene. Like, dang it. You know, and then it cuts out, which was... Uh, was funny because it actually came from you know me ingesting too many energy drinks, energy drinks one night and just having that fleeting thought like what if this isn't heartburn that would really suck I just started getting over my writer's block and kind of made a little funny joke at the end of it uh, so I guess this you know moral of the stories better get writing before you die so I guess I'll go start to write before I die and then I didn't record the after podcast because I tried to do one before and one after my writing session and that session didn't go great, and I ended up getting busy with something and not doing the second half. And then I didn't do one. I've been having, uh, like, doctor's appointments and stuff because I'm getting on a weight loss pro program to lose a bunch of weight and have a hernia surgery coming up in a while and uh, other stuff. Anyway, I've been driving, to, driving like, two hours to these appointments way the heck away. And uh, been just kind of busy with crap. And so I haven't been getting a lot of writing done, unfortunately. And I haven't done any of these podcasts. And so I kind of was laughing to myself. The last thing I, left, I said on my podcast was, uh, I better get writing before I die. People might think I've died. But luckily, no one really listens to these yet. So if you end up listening to them in the future, and hopefully I have more of them, you already know I didn't die, so that's good. Uh, 
So I'll just get on to uh, to the business of the stuff. Uh, I'm gonna be tinkering around with the format of this uh, podcast idea. I really like the idea of bef- the before and after of when I I go to do my writing for the day, especially while I'm on my little uh, while I'm house sitting for my sister. I'm having my little writer's retreat where I'm ignoring all my other responsibilities and I'm just trying to focus on the writing. That hasn't translated into much writing done yet, unfortunately. Uh, but this, I've got another week left, so I'm, I'm going to try to hit it pretty hard here at the end. And, uh, but I really like that idea. Like, just maybe 20, 30 minutes before, 20, 30 minutes after. That way, it keeps me motivated and accountable to do these every day and to do my writing every day. Uh, at least an hour or so. More right now, because I can. Um... So, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to have to fit it into my daily life when I get back to the real world. So, that'll be interesting. But I think I had kind of been doing, talking about the story, or sharing some writing and talking about writing in general. And then uh, on the after, doing writing principles and editing techniques and and stuff and a little more instructional I'm going to get away from that a little bit and try to focus more on what I'm actually working on so before we'll be talking about the scene I'm I'm going to do that day and then after we'll be talking about how stuff went with that scene and maybe I'll talk about some editing or techniques or style writing I did or share some writing I still would like to share some of my writing and stuff as we do these things. I will probably have some special podcasts where uh, instead of the before and after, I I will have my, probably my nephew Kai, who does incredible like voices and accents. He uh, is one of his hobbies is voice acting and uh, he kind of does on the side as others and being an instructor for parkour. So he's a very interesting uh, dude. But I might have him come on here and read some of the the chapters or some of the stories and different voices or maybe some of from my actual published book the guardian maybe have him read that anyway i'll probably have days that are special things like him reading stuff in the voices maybe even come on and have him you know interview him or something uh maybe occasionally i'll have like a book club day like talk books or or have a bunch of friends just listen to one of my chapters and we'll roundtable discuss it. I don't know. I'll I'll keep that open. Those will be kind of uh, special one-off type things. Uh, The other thing is I have mentioned on here several times my friend Adam. I don't think I I don't know if I mentioned him by name but my writer friend who vomits words onto the page where I have to like squeeze blood from a freaking stone. Uh, that's, uh, That's my friend Adam and we sometimes to kind of hold each other accountable in writing, we'll we'll have like a, a get together sometimes, uh, where I'll go over to his house or I'll come over to mine and we'll sit down and write. Uh, and so I think we might incorporate, and we're both uh, we're both trying to lose weight too, so I think we're gonna be getting together to like go on a walk or do some exercising anyway, and keep each other accountable in that uh, instance too. So. I think I might do a thing either once or twice weekly uh, where I'll have him basically, you know, co-host with me and we'll discuss kind of our differences as writers because 
I, I think I've mentioned it on here before, we're we have wildly different approaches, and it's very interesting. He vomits a lot of words onto the page. He can just sit there and like crank out 5,000 a day, no problem. I think the most I've ever gotten in a day is 4,000, and that was pushing myself at the end of National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, which is in November, by the way. Uh, I like to do those, and you try to get, you try to write basically 1,600, I think it's 1,667 words a day, and that adds up to 50,000, uh, which is kind of the shortest that you can be considered a novel, 50,000. And I did, the first one I got 30,000, I think, or something like that, and that ended up becoming Sons of Heaven, The Haunted, my first novel. Uh, I added to it later. I like to do those to try and motivate myself. It doesn't always work. I don't think I've ever even gotten back to 30, let alone 50. Uh, but, you know, here and there. I, I it, it does help me crank some stuff out for the books, but, but that's more my style. It's just a little bit at a time. And then uh, uh, in world creating, I, I have a very... I take a, a character, I put them in a situation, and I, I'm a pantser, I don't like to outline too much beforehand. I might have an idea for the story, or how I want it to go, or where I want them to get, but I leave it very open so that it's almost discovery for me too as I'm writing this. I put the character into some deep crap and see how they interact with other characters and how they attack the problem, and I go from there. I just kind of try to record what happens. Um, and so when it comes to world building, my strategy most of the time is to just leave things very vague. You're, you're seeing from the character's point of view anyway, so if the character doesn't look at it or think about it, I don't have to explain it. And I do explain things, you know, put things in there, but I, I'll try to work them into dialogue with other characters. And again, I leave it very open. Uh, the reader does a lot of the work for me. I think in my first novel I even had a thing because it's, you know, the apocalypse and so there's a thing like our old lives are, you know, dead. The, the people we were before is, you know, separate people. We're, you know, because we're living in an apocalypse now so like, they don't even use last names or something like I, just because I didn't want to come up with any, and they don't tell each other like any of their backstory from their lives before because it doesn't matter. You know, uh, you just are who you are now. And I basically, I just didn't want to come up with backstories for a lot of people. So, <laughs> so that was how I got out of it. Um, I do stuff like that, and I stay very uh, narrow in my focus on my character and just how they're seeing everything. Adam, he is a world builder, and he, he makes sure he has to know exactly how everything mechanically works in his his uh, world and, you know, even the, you know, the size, the topography, everything. He, he just, he, he knows his world inside out, which is a good trait to have if you're writing, he writes fantasy, as I do too. Um, a lot of fantasy writers are world builders and they will know the, the like, littlest minutia of their world, the, just the tiniest how everything works, and that's good. That's very, very good. It's also not me. Uh, I need to get better at world building. I'm not great at that. I, you know, I, I do role playing games. I like D and D and stuff. Uh, I would like to. I, I have done a short DM session, but 
I haven't done, like, a, made my own campaign. I would love to at some point. I probably should get better at world building. But, um, uh, you know, the, the things I write, if I write mysteries or other things that are kind of set in our world so I don't have to build that too much. Uh, it's more character interaction and the fantasy, like I said, I, I definitely have built, you know, lore and backstory for the world, but I've also won the Guardian and the fantasy I've done. I kind of have help with because it's based off a board game that I have been helping collaboratively, collaboratively with my friends. Um, my brother-in-law and uh, his uh, daughter and son-in-law and my nephew and you know, a bunch of us all just kind of sit there and shoot ideas off of each other and we've slowly created this whole world. Um, so that, that's probably the most world creation I've done and I've done a lot of work on that but even that's still very loosey-goosey and I had help with it. Um, but yeah, so figure we get into like how he approaches because he is funny. He'll get stuck sometimes. Recently, he he couldn't write. He couldn't go on with his chapters because, you know, he needed to know how the irrigation system worked in his city and how, you know, he had a one of his characters sees a writer approaching with news from, you know, way off in a tower, and he he's like, I don't think I don't know if she could see that far based on, you know how high the, the thing is and where the mountains are and this and that and, and uh, uh, well, I'm moving this army over here and I just don't know if they'd be able to have enough crops because you know they have this many farms and, and it would yield this amount of food over this many months and they get and he just he has everything down he knows uh, what kind of crops what percentage of each type of crop they grow you know the amount of land they have for growing crops the irrigation systems the uh, what it takes to feed the army, how large that... Whereas I would just say, you know, the army's on the move, and I wouldn't get into specifics. He has it all locked down. More than probably will ever be in the actual book, which is funny to me, but, you know, he plans to do a, a little behind-the-scenes type book where it has all of his... Because he, he sketches it out, too. He's got, like, graphs and maps and, you know, all the math down. And he'll send me these things on text sometimes. Oh, I figured this out. And I'm like, I have no idea what this crap is, dude. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Uh, but but that's in, in the smallest. So that's when he gets blocked, which cracks me up, is when he just can't get... He's not exactly sure how something works in his world. And it just gnaws at him until he knows exactly how it operates whereas me I can just ignore it and, and uh, you know the stuff that stops me is uh, you know whatever like the minutia of character interaction or, or that kind of thing uh, you know, when I'm in the middle I'm just trying to move the character from point A to point B and it's getting boring and so you know that throws you off. Right now in Cemetery Spade, I have them in uh, laying out a lot of the groundwork for the lore, or, yeah, the lore, the, the history of that world, and foreshadowing some of the stuff to come through stories. Uh, he's telling how he met uh, Cemetery Spade is there to meet his uh, informant and, and friend uh, Lucky the Limp. That Lucky is a you know a smuggler. Basically, he gets supplies and handles transport and stuff for several of the gangs and he has that 
exclusive right because uh, to handle their merchandise because of his first encounter with Cemetery Spade. So I'm gonna, they're kind of retelling that and it's, it's serving dual purposes. Uh, Spade is kind of reminding Lucky, hey man, I'm the reason you have this, you know, to get him to help. Like he's cashing in a favor and he's kind of embarrassing Lucky by telling one of his uh, more embarrassing stories to the rest of the group and reminding Lucky what he's done for him. Uh, and it also served the purpose of he doesn't realize it yet, but Lucky is setting one of the gang leaders has got to him and forced him to kind of set Cemetery Spade up so that you know because the gang leader has a uh, vendetta against him, and so he's got him at this bar and he doesn't realize it's a trap. The this gang leader bowler, I call him because he wears a bowler hat and his group is like a bunch of fancy dance and. Uh, they're gonna show up in kind of an ambush and so I'm gonna have Lucky as Cemetery's telling the story and Lucky's remembering what he's done for him he's gonna kind of get more nervous and then try to back out of the the setup and hey maybe we should leave uh, but that's what ends up tipping Cemetery off and then Spade will Bowler comes in and one of Bowler's guys will actually set him up with a rival gang and it'll turn into this big fluster of stuff and uh, this gang will hit them try to take this rival take Bowler and his guys out and they're, I think this is going to be the cowboys the guys that heard uh, the the amblers the just rah, brains the dumb zombies they heard them into like stamp use them almost as stampedes of zombies to take out their enemies and they just sit on the sidelines like poking and prodding them to go a certain way or whatever and so, uh, like cowboys with steer. So they're going to bring them in, and that's going to cause all kinds of mayhem and wreck up the bar. And they're going to have to, Spade's going to have to get his people out, escape these amblers while getting lucky, you know, convinced through guilt, most likely to help them after all, and escaping from these two gang leaders. And it's going to erupt into mayhem. So, Right now, what's going on with, uh, you know, setting all that up is very, very boring. So, one of the techniques I do sometimes is when you're in that, that really just delicate work of setting foreshadowing and, and setting, using dialogue to tell the history of your world and just setting everything up. That's kind of the marathon in the middle part that's real delicate work it can be honestly boring sometimes you don't want it to be boring because you want people to read it so you can't read boring but it's tough it's it's tough work so sometimes i like to jump ahead to the fun part because i know this actual stampede and craziness that's going to happen is going to be really fun to write so we'll see i'm going to start uh, writing here in a minute and i may jump ahead to that and, and start getting to the fun stuff and that's the kind of that's what I do when I get stuck on stuff sometimes I jump ahead and the only problem with that uh, is you know then I have to connect everything and since I don't outline or no you know get into the tiny little details of my world the way Adam does uh, then sometimes when I'm coming back there are contradictions there are weird things you have to kind of iron out I've already been having that happen with cemetery because uh, there's, there were so many years in between me writing these chapters that I now I'm needing stuff to happen. Oh, wait, I need this, I need that. 
and it's counter like contradicting stuff I introduced earlier, so I'm gonna have to go back and rewrite that stuff. Um, it makes for some mayhem and some difficulty sometimes, but that's just part of the fun. That's part of the chaos. So that's that's my style, and that's a lot more chaotic to kind of jump ahead, do the fun you know part, jump back, try to tie everything together. Um, that can that can be. That can be counterproductive sometimes, but I enjoy it. Um, whereas other writers are a lot more, for well, not formulaic, but a lot more structured in how they approach, you know, uh, the uh, when Adam starts talking to me about a story, oh, I'd like it to be this many words and this many per chapter, and uh, I'm way more loosey goosey. The my second book, The Guardian. It's 26,000 words, I think. It ended up being kind of novella-sized and trying to be like, instead of the 200,000 word tomes that usually you get from fantasy writers in a 12-book series, um, I want to be more approachable. Like, these are just little tidbits, little half-novel, standalone stories all set in the same world, but uh, but they kind of stand alone. They're just about the, the lore and stuff of the, of the place, so... You can delve in, read one story, and, and kind of see if you like it. You don't have to commit to a giant, you know, Game of Thrones level thing. Uh, that's, that's my little niche. And so, uh, but because I kind of, I let scenes end when they need to end. You know, when, I, when the characters need to go to the next scene, that's when I end it. That's how long the chapter is. Sometimes they're crazy short. Sometimes they're longer. I like to end on a nice cliffhanger and then move into the next scene. So whenever that presents itself, that's where I end. Uh, and then the actual length of the book. I think The Guardian actually I thought was going to be a short story. So it started out at 5,000 words, 6,000 words, and kept growing. I, well, maybe 15, well, maybe 20. And I ended up like 26,000 words, uh, which is short for a novel, but a behemoth for the short story I thought it was going to be. So, that's kind of, again, very loosey-goosey. I, I never have a, a complete control over what this stuff is doing. So, I never know how, but I, you know, that he'll, people, and Adam especially sometimes, well, how long do you think this thing will be? Yeah, how long do you need to, well, I'm at this many thousand words. Oh, okay, well, how long is it going to be? You know, what do you need for your book? I have no idea. Okay, but rough, no, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, a lot of people know, oh, I want to do about 60,000 words. I want to do about 100,000 words. I'm like, I don't know. Could be five. Could be 60. <laughs> could, could be whatever. I, I have no idea. Please help me. So, uh, yeah. So, and that'll be kind of the differences. Those kind of differences will probably be some of the stuff Adam and I talk about on our uh when I have him join me on probably Fridays, maybe Mondays and Fridays, we'll see. Um, but that'll be pretty fun, I think, talking about the different different approaches there. Because, hey, there's no one right way. You know, that's the thing. you got to find what works for you. Um, now, I won't say it's been working, working, because obviously I have a bunch of half-finished novels. But on the other hand, I have done at least half of several novels. And I have two completed and... One, The Watcher, that's in editing right now, so that one's 16,000 words, I think. It's more like a novelette. Uh, 
but again, short story that kind of kept getting longer. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go start the writing session for today, and we will see how it goes. And on the right after, I will uh, kind of let you know how that scene went and whether I jumped ahead and maybe just maybe read a little bit of it, maybe discuss a little bit of it and how I approached it. We'll see. Hopefully I'll get a lot done. Hopefully. I probably should stop talking and start writing. Alright, so that was right before. I'll see you on right after, and as always, I'll take you out with a little jazz. If this writing thing doesn't work out, I think I might have a DJ uh, job in my future. Alright, so I'll see you out with these smooth, smooth tongues. Have a nice day, everybody.